We discuss the movie that doesn't understand either how time or money works. In time. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Yes, uh, we're all back. Uh, sorry about the uh, a little bit of time off. Yeah, there's a delay. Yeah, sorry about taking time off. I don't know. It seems. I guess it's you... been a matter of time since our last time cast. Okay. Uh, did weird. you have a so... stroke? I don't understand why you keep emphasizing. I that. had it's a time cast. Time. <laughs> I don't, I mean, that wasn't even, you just said I had a time. That's not a... Time. Okay. Seems so like... yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of these. <laughs> a lot of time, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably say that. Would you? I mean, uh, not right now. I'd feel kind of weird. Weird about how much time it's been? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Dan, um... that recipe you were telling me about, how much time do I need for that? A couple of tablespoons of time. And how much time should i leave it in the oven for <laughs> two hours <laughs> of time okay thank you <laughs> two hours units of time <laughs> we watched a movie called in time did you want to talk about any other stuff before no, we got to the movie no, okay no, apparently not would you say it was a timely selection i would not <laughs> <laughs> why because we're experiencing time right now because it speaks you know because it speaks to the human condition right now yeah 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 it speaks to the it's human condition it's all about conditioner. the occupy movement not really uh, Aren't they about the government taking all the time away from the- <laughs> <laughs> They're about the redistribution of time to yeah. the people? Um, this is about a dystopian future. Oh, is it ever dystopian? <laughs> if you want to know what kind of topia it is, the answer is dis. Uh, Don't file this one under utopia. That would be the wrong type of topia. This topia type is dystopia. <laughs> So there's been a lot of repeating things in this if podcast so far. If you're trying to sculpt your bushes in your <laughs> garden to make a dystopiary, <laughs> this would be the kind of topia to copy. All right. Well, what happened in this movie? Yes. Guys. What did happen? Yeah. Um, well, Wait, Dan. Did, that's what you do. Yeah. Oh, okay. What? You mean the plot summaries? So yeah, I'm going to bounce the ball and then pass it over to you. Okay. I'm holding this imaginary ball. That's the podcast ball. You should see it, listeners. They are actually miming this. It's good yeah, yeah, improv yeah. It's object work. object work. Yeah. Well, it's just like when you had ventriloquists on the radio. They still use the dummy and everything. We're mm-hmm. still miming the time ball. Yeah. It, it oh, adds something to the ball. performance. Po- I said podcast ball. I mean, listeners can sense It'll it. It'll be time ball later. Time ball. <laughs> That's the sequel to In Time. Yeah, it's also a sequel to Rollerball. That's the yeah, weird that's, thing. It's, it's a, a double sequel. Chain. It's just like that mashup that I wanted to do called a Terminator ball. 4 Short Circuit 3. Yep. What was that going to be called? Is That's the name. Okay. Terminator 4 <laughs> slash Short Circuit 3. Okay. It would start... So it's, wait, it's like, like there's sex in it or... What? Well, because you said slash, like, so <laughs> no, it's no, no, slash just, fiction? I was just telling you the punctuation, like face slash off. Okay. The hit film starring John Travolta and, and uh, Nicholas Mage. But don't they have sex in that movie? No, they don't. <laughs> I think I watched the wrong movie. Hey. <laughs> I think you do. Oh. Oh. Anyway, uh, in times, in time takes place in a dystopian future. I it's, guess. 
Or maybe it, a parallel universe. It's got to be. We see a map every once in a while up on a computer And it does screen. not look like America that we know and love. But no. also, they all drive 70s muscle cars. Guys dress kind of like it's the 50s sometimes, and sometimes like it's the 90s. I guess what I'm saying is it's very lazy art direction. And the poor people... Well, in this just wear a little bit fewer suits than the rich people. Yeah, the poor, the people who are I'm putting this in quotes, poor, and who live in quote the ghetto because they call it that a lot. All wear like they dress like hipsters, like they wear V-neck sweaters and like Adidas sneakers and things like that, and corduroy pants. They're 25 years old, Elliot. And then uh, unless they're well, unless they're criminals, and then they dress like mod gangsters. Yeah, or like uh, yeah, like they're gonna break into a dance, like backup dancers from a stage production of Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, so in time, posits. A dystopian world okay. where instead of money, get this, okay. get this. What? It's okay, in real life, let me explain what money is. Okay. We use money as a way to exchange credit or value for goods and services. Okay. And you're rich the more money you have, uh-huh. and it allows you to buy things. And guys, silly, guys, guys, okay. guys, I'm going to blow you guys' mind. Because money has no inherent value. It only has the value that we place on it. All right, college sophomore. <laughs> Let's. Everyone knows money does have inherent value. God said so in the Bible. Anyway, so in this world, though, instead of money, guess what they use for money? I can't. Oh, I can't no, possibly no. guess. I'll give you a hint. It's in the title. That's and right. They leave, in the quality of being inside or surrounded by something. So, like, if you want to buy something, you go into a room. That's what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to, like, make an insurance payment... You have to put it in an envelope. Is that why they had numbers on their arms? Oh, the numbers. That's uh, for a different reason. No, they use time it's a sex as. Thing. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a numbers on your arm fetish. Uh, they use time as money in this. Now, it, in this world, people have somehow been genetically bred to. You got a time on timer readout on your arm that glows green, so you can mm-hmm. see it in the dark. And you, at the age of twenty-five, you stop aging. You're twenty-five physically forever. But then you get one hour left of life, and that time can be bought or sold or accumulated, and then you live forever if you have the time. But if you don't, you die as soon as your time runs out. And you spend time on everything. Rent, food, Just coffee, like you'd spend clothes. money, right? Just like you'd spend money. Except Without inherent value. It's like if every time you spent a dollar, you lost a minute off your life. Okay. Now get this, in this radically different world where spending time literally means you live less, mm-hmm. guess what amazing social changes this has created? Okay. I imagine that people are really living their life to the fullest, you know, like they're uh, they're they're cutting down to just the bare necessities of life. Nope, you know? nope, almost none. Everyone lives almost exactly the same, except the very rich sit around in their marble houses and don't do very much, and the very poor go to jobs in factories, and pay their rent, and dress like hipsters. And, and sometimes they stand around in mobs that don't really accomplish anything. They spent, for people who, and it's the word time is used maybe a thousand million billion times in this movie, for people who are constantly griping about how little time they have left, they spent a lot of time milling around. Like, a lot of time, just standing around complaining about things. It'd be one thing if, like, they had this crazy riot where they revolted and attacked people. But no, like, their riot is a bunch of guys standing around. Just kind of looking, yeah. Yeah. And if you run out of time and you die, your body just falls down in the gutter and they just leave you there. (laughs) So there's a lot of times when someone, like, Justin Timberlake, the star of the film, I forgot to mention, I haven't actually mentioned the plot. J-Time. I've only, (laughs) they should have called this movie Just in Time. (laughs) That would have been fantastic. But I haven't even mentioned the plot. That's just the setting. But Justin Timberlake is going to work at his job making time bricks. And he's 
he There's just no look- other commodities. Well, that's the world. way you transfer time. Isn't a time brick? They yeah. look like old like uh, like data cassettes or something, right? Yeah, like, they look like big pieces of little pieces of metal. Like a, with they look like a like a Betamax. Yeah, yeah, that's or, right. or like a no, more like a an eight track. Yeah, like a silver eight track. The fabled silver eight track. <laughs> if you find it, then you get a magical tour to Willy Wonka's eight track to factory. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just you know if you had a hit record, but not like a huge hit in the seventies. <laughs> you, you get a silver eight track. Yeah, that's that's if uh, if you sell your song. A million times just over CB radio. That's like a, a silver eight like track. Disco Duck got a silver eight track. <laughs> Disco Duck actually is now the Affleck Duck. Oh wow! They, Fitzgerald said American Lives have no second act, but in the case of Disco Duck, he is mistaken. Who is now the Affleck Duck? But anyway, so Justin Timberlake Spent is going a to work. Time in Duckburg before that. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Yeah, what was he doing there? Well, he probably killed Scrooge McDuck in his t- in his Money Time Vault. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, in example. If this was DuckTales, Uncle Scrooge would have a time vault, and he would go swimming in time. And instead of his number his number one dime, he would have his number one minute. Yeah, I yeah. guess in like a little time brick. <laughs> but uh, so Justin Timberlake is going to work at the time factory, and he looks down, and there's just someone dead lying on the ground. No one's phased by this. No one cleans it up. No one does anything. It's just, well, we live in a world where 25-year-olds are just dropping dead on the ground. Well, there's like street sweepers that come up in, the, in like... Early in the morning. Uh, time sweepers. <laughs> so here's the plot, shall we? Justin Timberlake is just your average Joe, or in this case, average Justin. He works at a time brick factory. His girlfriend, Olivia Wilde, doesn't have enough time. They don't have enough time. They're always late on the time bills. Mm-hmm. They're going to die soon, probably. Uh, he's in a bar with They're his... living day to day, literally. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's, sure. sure, yeah, okay, thanks. Step by step. Lost my train of thought, but worth it. <laughs> step so by he's, step. He's hanging out in a bar with the guy from Big Bang Theory. He's he hanging out in the bar. Uh, Darlene's boyfriend. He's hanging out in the bar with Darlene's boyfriend from Roseanne. You may know him as Big Bang Theory number two. And this guy walks in with like a hundred years worth of time on his arm, and he just keeps going. It looks like the guy from White Collar. And he's just going, I'll buy one for everybody. I'll buy a round for everybody. And Justin Timberlake's like, hey, man, if you don't watch it, you're going to get beaten up. There's a gang called the Minutemen who kill people and steal their time. Yeah, They sound pretty scary. They're not. Don't worry. They're led by an English guy, and one of the guys wears a hat. That's pretty much the Minutemen. I mean, they're snappy dresses, though. That indicates that they're... Yeah, they walked out of Quadrophenia. It's like they walked right out of a Gap ad. (laughs) Quadrophenia, yeah. Yeah. And not the rocker part of Quadrophenia. The mod part of Quadrophenia. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Justin Timberlake's like, hey, man, stop throwing your time around. You're going to get beat up for your time. And then... This Minutemen group comes in. They're going to steal from... Almost like a gypsy, he predicts the future. Yes. (laughs) And he puts a thinner curse on someone. Because it's time, he says, slower, slower. That would be better, though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, faster. Faster. Anywho. Fester? (laughs) Yeah, Uncle Fester. (laughs) He's in this? (laughs) I wish. How much better would this have been if Christopher Lloyd was just running around, just doing whatever? We've Uh, got to get more time. The piranhas. He's always... The Libyans! <laughs> the time Libyans! <laughs> Marty! No, no, my name is Justin Timberlake. Marty! Anyway, uh, time. He saves the life of this guy who has 100 years. They hang out in a loft space for a while, and the 100-year guy gives Justin Timberlake his time and then commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And Justin Timberlake decides he's going to use this time. He's going to go into the rich zones because the society is split up into geographic zones, and it costs time like a toll to well, get between on. zones. You skip over a very important point, which is that Olivia Wilde... Oh, yeah, I forgot. His girlfriend. Can't, his girlfriend can't make it to meet Justin... 
because uh, the the rates on the buses have gone up. Yeah, the hundred two hours. The hundred year old man tells uh, tells Justin Timberlake that after a hilarious question and answer session, hundred uh-huh. uh, year old man, you know, <laughs> sure. classic Mel Brooks Carl Reiner bit. Uh, he tells him the people in charge are keeping the control the system and keep everyone down, and they always raise the rates on everything as soon as people get more time i guess like they're constantly mm-hmm. raising the rates on things so that people have to work harder and we've seen this the price of coffee this went... time incumbency yes <laughs> time incumbency yeah. someone's been watching the daily show <laughs> a couple times <laughs> uh they raise the price of coffee from three minutes to four minutes and they raise the cost of the bus from one hour to two hours that's a significant yeah. increase that is hundred percent, hundred percent increase. And Frankly, Olivia Wilde was too much. She was, uh, she was cutting it a bit. Close, she had an hour and a half say. left on her arm. <laughs> so yeah. even if she got on the bus, yeah, like let's if there's say, bad traffic, yeah, let's say minimum fifteen detour. minute bus ride. She's got fifteen minutes left in her life. What's she planning on doing? I guess just hanging out, yeah, milling around, looking, I mean, maybe enjoying J- her I, last fifteen. Yeah, minutes. I couldn't. Maybe I think maybe JT was showing up with a little extra time for her, but uh, well, JT was it was her birthday. He was showing up with flowers, yep, but he had a hundred years on him. He could have given her more time, but if she didn't know. I'm just wondering what the that, original plan was. If before, only she had oh, given it was a poorly thought out plan. Yeah. Look, there's a reason they're at the bottom. They don't deserve to be rich. They don't think ahead. They're not educated. Anyway, point is she can't take the bus, so they have to run towards each other. And, and uh, she runs out of time just too and late. she's dealing yeah. with a bus driver who does not let her get on the bus, despite the fact that he knows that he's condemning her to a death sentence. Yes. Yeah, well. Well, he's a bad guy. Look, it's the, who gets, pre- it's who the gets pressure of society. I'm sure. That's the only thing that bus driver has ever known, Stuart. Oh, okay. So, really, so I can't blame it's can't society blame him, no. that's sick. Yeah, it, it, you're talking about cultural equivalents, and that's just I not mean, can I blame the guy who invented the green time arm tattoo thing? Oh, John Time? Yes, you can blame him. But he's been dead for thousands of years. Okay, why didn't he just give himself a million years? <laughs> uh, he thought it wouldn't be fair. No okay, one knows. Actually, what happened is he got hit by a car. <laughs> he gave himself a thousand million years, and then he got hit by a car. Yeah. Ironic, and that's the thing in this movie is everyone's like, "Oh, we all know exactly how long we're gonna live," but you can still die for natural causes. Well, from people die of freak accidents all the time, or things like hit by cars, you fall off a building, someone shoots you, a shark bites you, maybe a porcupine bomb blows up, and the quills shoot. Don't Mm -hmm. just kill you, but the quills go out and shoot everybody. (laughs) Maybe someone throws a bob bomb at you. You got a couple seconds to throw it away before it blows up, but you know, a shy guy walks up to you, a Goomba, (laughs) maybe a Koopa Troopa. Yeah, you gotta keep the guy You gotta keep your, you gotta look up in the skies. There's a guy just throwing spike balls at you. (laughs) You gotta jump a bullet with a face on it. I don't know what those are called. (laughs) Bob the bullet, I believe. Who are those those Hammer Brothers that throw hammers? They're called the Hammer Brothers. Uh, you know those really brothers who throw yeah. hammers. Well, they were, I'd call them got, hammer brothers. Got piranha plants. You got, you got fireballs. You got Koopa himself. You got you could just fall down a hole. Mm-hmm. Maybe Yoshi eats you. He thinks you're an apple. Yeah, these are all things that could happen to <laughs> to you the in average, real life, average citizen. <laughs> to you, the listener. Yeah, <laughs> but not if you have a tanuki suit. Then then you got a little extra. Oh, don't that's don't be too con- don't be too complacent. The tanuki suit won't save you all the time. So you turn into a statue for like two seconds. And I mean, girls like it. <laughs> oh, they love it. Yeah, they go apeshit for that. Yeah, it's super cute, and it comes with a little tail and little ears. Yeah, it's like just... wearing a Japanese hat. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't oh, Olivia Wilde oh, dies. Olivia Wilde dies which, in his arms. Which gives, uh, which gives uh, JT some in- avenging fury. Yeah, now just him has nothing to lose. So he goes through the different zones to the rich person's zone yep. and starts setting himself up in style. He goes mm-hmm. to a rich person's casino and he meets Pete Campbell from Mad Men. Uh-huh. Who is... Probably, probably not himself. a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> who is... 
I always he's just like I guess I assume the worst like the guy who runs everything they don't quite yeah, come out probably, and say yeah. it but he's he's, he's King Koopa well he's a he's, big yes. time like banker like he's a uh, time he's, banker he is a big time banker he's, yes <laughs> he's a good time bank <laughs> catch mm. he runs like time yeah. credit mm. yeah organization oh, that's true his name is Weiss because of course the the movie kind of implies that the Jews are behind the banking mm-hmm. yeah and, and he, no uh, one's more Jewish than Pete Campbell <laughs> um. And yeah, he, you're right. He runs a chain of like time lending banks yeah. with a very steep rates, very steep. And of course, he he's he's like thirty percent, twenty five years intense. old too. I mean, like that's like he's got the he's got daughters that are his well. That's age. The thing. Yeah, they throw and, in a good bit where they show his mother in law, his wife, and then his daughter, and they're mm-hmm. all the same age except Amanda Seyfried. His daughter dresses like she's like four four years old. Or something. Yeah, she's always wearing like like party dresses. Like she dresses like Nancy. Basically, or like, uh, or like a little doll. Yeah, uh, she's dressing for the uh, Bonnie part and the Bonnie and Clyde that they're going to I become. I mean, she looks more like she's dressing. Before... She's dressing for the Angelica part in Rugrats. Okay, let's say that. No, that's a good reference. What was the or uh, El Elmira from Looney from Tiny Toons? Is that her name? Sure. I mean, either of those work. <laughs> she has Amanda Seyfried's body, though. That's that should not be overlooked. Yeah, it's that's not, yeah, like Elmira from Tiny Toons. Okay, now it got weird. <laughs> no, she does. Anyway, it's slamming. But moving on, <laughs> she goes. It's it's, it's a sl- it's a slamming salmon. It's slamming uh, <laughs> salmon. No, salmon? <laughs> yep. no, not at all. No, it's broken you. lizards club <laughs> dress. No, please. It's if at the very least her body is super troopers. <laughs> okay, but it's way better than that. Anyway, he meets Pete Campbell, who's a big, rich muckety-muck. His daughter, Pete Campbell's daughter, is Amanda Seyfried. Sure. And Justin Timberlake and Pete Campbell in a high-stakes game of Texas Hold'em. Yeah, uh, because ju- roughly 100 years in the future, Texas Hold'em is still the hottest shit in the world. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it just came back around. It was. Like a, it's a retro trends. craze. It's yeah. a retro yeah. craze, yeah. Uh, the same way that uh, hitting that big hoop with a stick <laughs> is such a big thing right now. Yeah. And Pat- wearing barrels around. Yeah. <laughs> Pastimes come back every hundred years or so. Uh, so uh, Timer Blake and uh, Pete Campbell have a have a poker game. Timer Blake wins like a thousand years. Now he's super rich. Mm-hmm. And Dan spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to work out the exchange rate well, look, between I, time and I mean, our dollars. I think dollars. I figured it out. I mean, because... I don't think in the context of the movie, no amount of time is ridiculous. All right. So, I mean, there's uh, like two months... Paid for like a nice, a nice but not great hotel room in like uh, the the fanciest part of town. But he also so had two, a meal that cost him eight and a half weeks. I don't know, but like the two months. <laughs> that's no, but over, that, I mean, that's like if it's a like really nice months. meal, like that, it could cost more than a. That restaurant was not like Jean Georges quality. All right, but my point is, he wasn't that per se? Let's say then. That now like, that we've mentioned them, they have to give us free stuff, right? Right. Yeah. yeah yes. Because we're so well listened to. Now, but let's say then that two months is $400. So that makes like a year's worth of time is about $2,500 at that point. You know, like, uh, so to have like a hundred years, you know, all right, you're talking about uh, $250,000 That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. We're not all rich television writers. But if that's all that you have for all of your life... (laughs) Like that is like like one year salary of like a well off person. It's not you know. Top, it's one like percent, Dan. Set. A one percenter. 
Yeah, but like a rich person, but that's one year of their salary. There's not like they're set for life after they have 100 years on their well, time a, arm. The and keep in mind so... that like you're also using that time at a regular rate as well. Like, that's yeah. true. You also use up money by just living, yeah. by just experiencing time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And one that's not really... Time is money, which is really the, the phrase that was the inspiration for this. <laughs> someone was like... So he was stoned. He's like, what if time was money? Yeah, someone said, time is money. And he went, whoa, what if it was? Yeah. Get me my pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he writes everything out in longhand. Uh, so and anyway, then he wrote this script in an in, in evening. <laughs> yes. So Jimbo... Because well, this is a Justin. world where time is money, but they don't actually seem to do anything ever, really. Well, that's because the rich people are afraid of getting hurt. And the and poor the people are, are just of taking action because it's it would use up well because monies. you do have time cops called timekeepers. Okay, mm-hmm. here the main one is Killian Murphy, okay. who you may know as Scarecrow from Batman Begins. He looks twenty five. And the Scarecrow from Scarecrow and Mrs. King, <laughs> and Scarecrow from uh, The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Yep. And um, uh, what's that movie? And the Crow. Cheever Creepers. <laughs> what's that movie with Al Pacino and Gene Hackman? Oh yeah, Scarecrow. Oh, it's just called Scarecrow. Yeah, That's it's right. just called Scarecrow. Yeah. Anyway, so Killian Murphy from some of those movies is Jeeber's a Creepers. <laughs> yes, is a, is a timekeeper, which means he's like a cop who enforces the time laws. So you can't. The poor stay poor. What's the first law of, of the time laws is you don't talk about time laws. Okay. Second law of Oops. time laws. Also, you don't talk about time laws. And the last law is, if it's your first time, you have to time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so Kelly Murphy's on, on this guy's tail, right? He's on this guy's tail, uh, uh, chasing him. and Because uh, they have identified him as possessing a bunch of time. They don't know how he got it. And J-Time has, uh, by this point, kidnapped Amanda uh, Seyfried. Well, we haven't gotten to that point. Maybe he's st- kidnapped her heart. Yeah, well, <laughs> he goes to a big party at Pete Campbell's house. Uh-huh. The Killian Murphy comes in and takes away J Time's thousand years, leaves him with only two hours, and so J Time takes Amanda Seyfried, who he's already gone skinny dipping with, yeah. uh, hostage. Like two, suddenly, two the, days at most after his girl, girlfriend's death. By the way, yeah, like, but this, he's this is Amanda Seyfried we're talking. Yeah, about. he's <laughs> powered by vengeance, and she's the slamming salmon. I sure, mean, what's I the? <laughs> what don't you get? Like, if it comes down to Amanda Seyfried versus Olivia Wilde, sure. I, you know, I prefer Amanda Seyfried, but we're led to believe that uh, Justin Timberlake had some serious feelings for this uh, woman and who now died in his arms. Yeah, like, for like, I really enjoy this hamburger, but if this delicious steak is placed in front of me, I'll forget I ever had a hamburger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, I guess when, uh, you know, you're using up your life uh, minute by minute, there's no time to mourn. No, uh, there's the no time. Mm-hmm. To mourn. Anyway, they're on do you the see run. What you just did there. Yeah, I do. Okay. They get. I a, wish you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, are. There's a car. There's the first of about a billion car chases that are not very good. Uh, they get into a car accident. Some Minutemen come along and take Amanda Seafried's time. Now they've only got like a couple minutes between them. Yeah, they're broke and again. The rest of the movie is basically them on the lamb. They decide to start robbing time banks and giving out time like a couple of robbing times. Like natural born killers. They become natural born timers said, or time, time bandits. They become time bandits, which should have been the title of the movie because it would have made me angry and then I would have felt something about this movie. Uh, they become a bunch of time bandits. It would be awesome if they became dwarves at that point. But they're just going around stealing time from people and giving it out to the masses, and this is going to totally destabilize the system. Would they the be system. like super deformed dwarves or like like Lord of the Rings dwarves? You mean hobbits? No, like uh, oh, with beards mean... and shit. <laughs> Wait, they might have beards. I don't know why they or wouldn't. Would they be like super deformed, like uh, like anime characters? You mean when they? Oh, uh, they'd be like that with oh, okay. the huge heads and the huge well, eyes. Seafried yeah. would be an anime character. She already pretty much yeah. is an anime character. Yeah. 
See, um, if Amanda Seyfried reminds me of anything, it's the hologram bride of that one character in uh, Archer. Yeah, of yeah. Krieger. Yeah, I can I'm see not that. familiar. Oh, you should watch that show. It's a good show. Mm. Anywho, Who's the animated Japanese bride character. <laughs> I gather. Krieger, the scientist. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart, for backing me up on that <laughs> no, one. No, no, I was just giving you some support. Always um, time for that. So... Time. Anyway, <laughs> so they're on their Robin Hood spree. The cops are after him. Pete Campbell's after him, and. It just kind of keeps going like that until... And then they do a turnaround, and then they go after Pete Campbell, and yeah. then they take his millions. They, and take, then... they, take his, they take his million, which, again, I worked out... Is, is one a, million years. Is a, a couple trillion dollars worth of time. It's and that, one time I don't break. think that that's enough to destroy the world time economy. Maybe it's just destroying the time economy of that city, I guess. But uh, Which is America. Yeah. And that's the other thing is America in this world, or wherever this place is, seems to be consist of two cities. Well, maybe it's so far in the future that continental drift has changed the shape of everything again. I see. So it's tiny. It's a yeah. new Pangea. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nangea. Time Gia, sure. <laughs> Pangea time. Uh, there's two cities. There's, there's Super deformed, definitely. <laughs> there's New Greenwich, which is where all the rich people live, because I assume the cities of Greenwich and Old Greenwich were both atom bombed, probably in the bad days or the, the cataclysm, yeah. whatever they call it. And get it, guys, get it. Greenwich mean time. Huh? Pretty clever, huh? Yeah. Uh, That's yeah, really like good. Greenwich. And the, and the bad people live, and the poor people live in Dayton. Because day, ton, <laughs> day to day, ton. I like it. What I'm saying is, it's a well written movie. <laughs> also, apparently, like I was saying, it's subtle. These it's are really, these are really uh, well uh, delineated. Um, you know, uh, ghetto to really well Dana delineated. Well, just the 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 different <laughs> classes are very um, carefully shunted into their uh different areas i guess there's no gentrification or anything Not or like people all. living with other people of different classes and, and as s- you point out like are the servants bust in from a different sector Time for zone. like for greenwich like or are they know. like rich and they just serve as hotel clerks and waitresses on a whim yeah as a larf yeah. <laughs> is it like a co-op and everyone who lives there has to has to like yeah today I'm a millionaire today the, yeah. yeah but tomorrow i'm a janitor you know <laughs> i don't understand I like it's a living one. <laughs> Wait, so they're dinosaur record players, is yep. what you're saying? Well, someone has to do it. Uh, so they decide to, they give the, they pretend to give themselves in so that they can get into the office of Pete Campbell. Pete Campbell has a million-year time block. They yep. take it out, and it gets released to the public. Mm-hmm. Time destabilizes like a, like the system. Like a virus. There's a, and, and Killian Murphy is just obsessed with taking them down. And there's a chase, and Killian Murphy runs out of time and dies. And Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried just kind of... They, so wait, you're they, saying the showdown, the big chase, where they finally come to face-to-face face to face with their pursuer. They've been mm-hmm. face-to-face with him before. But like the moment where it's like, this is it. This is the end of, this is the, end of the movie. Yeah. The, the guy who's chasing them, the main antagonist, all of a sudden just falls down dead after looking at his forearm. He yeah. ran out of time. Well, you're forgetting that the other big conflict uh, was resolved basically with an arm wrestling match. <laughs> with a very <laughs> boring arm wrestling match that involved just... And earlier in the movie... I mean, Justin arm wrestling t- can be pretty great. Yeah, over the top. Let's just say that. It's a great movie. Yeah. A guy sure, I'll say it. <laughs> it's no dangling cash. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll say it right now. You didn't, so the you didn't say it. Oh, there okay. you Because you said waiting. you would say it, then you didn't say it. <laughs> it's disappointing. Uh, I mean, if you're going to push me into it, I'll it, say it. It seemed like your body was cashing checks. Your ego was <laughs> writing checks that your body couldn't cash. 
Yeah, my body and my mouth were both <laughs> cashing those checks. <laughs> your body was cashing checks that your toes didn't have money in the bank to pay for. Mm-hmm. And the time bank. So your ankles were on default, and the bank sent the loan collectors to your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that accurate? Is that an accurate summary of the situation? Is that a summary of the uh, the economic uh, state of your, your body? Economic. Econo- ew. Yeah, gross. <laughs> so um, Super grody, Dan. Let's move on. No, but super like grody, these... Dan, the new superhero <laughs> character. <laughs> These Minutemen, so, like, oh, so they're they, angry at JT in the first place, but then, like, society becomes more just destabilized, and because uh, Justin Timberlake is, is handing out free time, like, more people are getting hurt because these uh, Because these Minutemen have more victims. Yeah. But there's a scene earlier where Justin J. Tim's shows ACs where mm-hmm. how to win an arm wrestling match, which is that you just hold the other arm really tight, and you force them to look at your time. Yeah. And when you're, you let you're, it get down to the you last let your few time seconds. Because here's the thing about time: you can exchange it with people just by holding hands, and mm-hmm. both yeah, people like Kang and Kodos uh, exchanging those uh, long protein strands. strands. Oh, protein strands, yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, uh, what are those those mutants who have to be holding hands to shoot out laser blasts? Yeah, I don't know. You got me. They showed up. Dr- Fenris. Uh, anyway, sure they showed up during pretty, the trial of Magneto. Anyway. Lame. Sound like pretty lame mutants. <laughs> well, they're pretty powerful when they're holding hands. I mean, it's yeah, weird but that's that they're, pretty lame. They're, they're brother and sister, and they have to hold hands, which is yeah. weird. Like yeah. to hold hands with, like your, with your grown sister. Everyone else would be making fun of them. Like, yeah, oh, until they those, get laser blasted. <laughs> those mutants that are <laughs> all so funny then holding, yeah. their hand, holding hands. But anyway, you keep your hand on the bottom so that mm-hmm. the other guy can see your clock. You let your time run super low, like eight seconds left till you die. At that point, he's going to take his eye away and look at your clock, and that's when you switch positions mm-hmm. and start stealing his time. It's called the switch Rooney. But and you somehow can... <laughs> you've got super strength because, just because uh, he's distracted by looking at the when clock. when you run out of time, it gives you, a, I guess, a burst of energy. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, but here's, of course. But you can take time from somebody without their permission. Like you, can, It doesn't make sense how you get time from one person to another. But uh, Justin Timberlake uses this trick on the Minuteman leader, steals his time and shoots the henchmen, but it's like... A, like a minute of them just kind of like holding each other's arms and looking at each other. That sounds like that must have been the big action sequence of the movie. Yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah. It's kind there of the co- climax. There are a couple of action-y moments. But so Where at the- while sitting down, he shoots a couple guys and then wins an arm wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Come not on, even- Stuart. He wins an arm wrestling match, then shoots a couple guys. Oh, my mistake. No, Stuart's right. He's midway the through winning. He's midway, oh, he's midway through, through winning when he shoots right. those guys. He, he's even distracted by the fact that he's arm wrestling. Yeah. Well, that's anyway, how good he is at time wrestling. They meet up with Killian Murphy. <laughs> chrono wrestling. Yeah, chrono wrestling. They meet up with, with Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy dies of time disease, uh, not having any. And the two of them... <laughs> it looks like you're a doctor. Oh, it looks like you've got time disease. <laughs> they leave his body in the don't street have any. like everyone else does. They leave his body in the street, and they're running out of time too, but they get more time from his cop car. And then they just keep on as time robbers, and mm-hmm. society is destabilized, and... One of the deputies who was working heroes. with Murphy quits, and they're folk heroes, and they start robbing time banks again, and that's the end of the movie. Well, the last shot is the two of them about to uh, rob the biggest bank ever. Yeah, I assume Kinda it's like time Kind like the end Knox. of Deep Rising, where and Trey Williams and Famke Jensen are about to go into the giant island full of monsters. And there's just like the two of them. I mean, like, I don't care. I mean, the movie's fucking over at this point, so who cares? But, but I'm still kind of like, okay, there's just two of you going into this huge bank. Well, it's you like know, the like Matrix. That's... They probably got guns strapped to their hoo has Okay. Right. And legs. And they probably know karate like that Neo guy did. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they can control bullets with bullet time because it's sure. in time. Time. Okay. Time, time. 
I think he's got a point. Time Time Club. Or so, maybe they can hold each other's hands and shoot fucking lasers. I don't know. I like don't Fenris. Shit. <laughs> Come on. It's a movie. So, so this anyway, is a pretty lazy dystopia. It's incredibly lazy. Let's talk about that for a second. Everyone drives I've seen around. a lot of dystopian futures. Equilibriums, 1984. And that one, you came, <laughs> that one you came back from the future to warn us about. Yeah, I've seen them all. <laughs> But well, this car, I mean, like they're all driving like seventies cars around, but Muscle they have cars. like they've got like space noises when they drive. Like it's they're just great. regular seventies. It looks cars. like it looks like they shot a movie. They made a choice. It's kind of like you said. This, you said this was made by the same guy who made Gattaca. Yeah. In Gattaca, it's like the future, but they all wear old timey suits. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like it's the future, but they all drive old cars. But it's like the studio was like, "Can we future up these cars a little bit?" So when they open the door to a seventies muscle car, you hear like yeah. a pneumatic <laughs> noise. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> They were driving around. It's like uh, like Repo Men was kind of the same way, right? Great, great pull. I don't, I don't remember it that well, but Repo Men was basically the same. Right? No, not at all. No, the, it was more futuristic. No, less futuristic than Repo Men. Repo Man. Oh, Re- I'm sorry, thinking of Repo Man. Repo Man was like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Re- yeah. Yeah. Movie <laughs> yeah, Repo, Repo Man didn't have a lot of space sound effects. <laughs> I mean, at the end, that at car end, did glow and go into space. Th- up till then, there were not a lot of them. But in Repo Men, yeah, it's the future, but they all dress and live in houses that look exactly like nowadays. It's like the movie AI, where it's like 200 years in the future, but guys still dress like Steven Spielberg dresses now, like khakis and a button-down plaid shirt. I mean, and that's, look, that's it's a fine choice to make. I mean, I, you know. Uh, I want to see them wearing space clothes. But, you know. Yeah, like in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. We can all acknowledge that uh, things change slower than people imagine they're going to change. Like, people are, all, like, you know, like. Fi- I don't want them to wear silver jumpsuits. 1950s visions of the cars. future are, like, these crazy visions that are, you know, yeah. are never going to come true. But the, you got to pick one that. Or the other. You can't have just regular cars with space noises on top of them. <laughs> because why would they add those? Yeah. But also, like, there's no things. The things in the in the ghetto area of Dayton, like, mm-hmm. don't look. the The surroundings look like it's a district made up of warehouses and rundown buildings. But everyone's dressed pretty nicely, and like, they don't look. They're all 25, and so then, they don't look malnourished or unhealthy. Like, they all look really healthy and like. Time, they're having a great time. And do we have any idea how long it's been since this like time economy was instituted? Yeah, at least I mean, a hundred years. years. That's the thing. Like they don't, they don't really address any of the questions you would want to ask about this. Which is, like, has it always been this way, or like, did it start they at some that, point? I mean, and, they say people have been genetically altered to be this way, but they don't give like the details of like why this switchover happened or they like, should. What you're saying is they should open with a with a woman's voiceover in the year 2245 <sighs> after the great disaster. Exactly, man not what I'm... reemerged from the underground. I like it, but it seems like led the... by the scientist. <laughs> Let's watch it Krog von Krogar. <laughs> They designed the Time Men. If this is going to be a movie about overthrowing the like the dominant power, then there has to be some indication at some point of like why this operates this way or, or well, it's how. a me- it's a metaphor. It's all a big allegory. Yeah, but it's at the same, but it's not for. set up that way. It's set up like a it's an, set up like a like science fiction science fiction movie. action movie. This is what I was going to say actually. Which and is, then I've got a thing to say. I could you say I that. could uh, I could imagine this premise as goofy as it is. Making an okay movie, but they would have to scale it way back and make it like a human scaled, much more of a like a overt metaphor, like allegory, uh, picture. Like I, I, I could see more like Primer. Yeah, I could see something like Primer, or even like or more Slimer. of an art film uh, approaching this material and making it work in some way. 
But when you turn it, when you like graft on just a regular uh, sort of action, kind science of a Bonnie and Clyde well, action plot line, can you, make you start it, put quotations worrying. around action, please. Okay. <laughs> when you He's graft not, on, let's like, call it a thriller. Let's say, but it wasn't very thrilling either. A, a yeah. conventional plot line. When you okay. graft a conventional plot line on top of this, all you can think about are the logic flaws. Yeah. At that point. Here's the thing I couldn't quite understand because they explain a little bit how how the time works. It's in your arm. People can steal it from you. When you die, your time gets locked in you. Um, if you die before you've used up your time, they keep it in time bricks. All that stuff is totally explainable. Uh, in the real world, we have money. People mm-hmm. without a lot of money are poor. People with money are rich. But something called credit has evolved to fill the gap so that you can borrow and then pay back. But it's not money. It's a different kind of thing than money. And in this, they have where you can borrow time and then, I guess, pay it back at a later date. But, like, the interest rates are so ridiculously high. Like, credit doesn't really seem to exist in this movie. Or, like, there's no market in this movie. It's just kind of like, it's like feudalism. You would think that there would be some kind of a system in place so that if you are, I don't know, just about to die for not having enough time, that you could borrow some on credit. At reason, at rates that are not, like it's that this movie seems to be predicated on the idea that if you have a small group of people who control everything, they can oppress poor people by constantly forcing poor people to die. But the problem is that you don't have enough poor people to run your, yeah, fa- no, your that time was, factory. That was what I was about know? to say. Like they seem to be saying, like, oh, we're going to keep these people down. Like this is our way of, uh, yeah, of oppressing them. But the that kind of economy only works if it's a pyramid, like. You know, like the the work of the many are gonna is gonna create a easy lifestyle for the people at the top. Yeah, like you can't in real just life, kill off all of the people at the bottom who and don't leave their bodies rotting in the street. <laughs> yeah. We never see the bodies rotting. I wonder if they're just like they turn into time, <laughs> <laughs> disappear into the ether. I mean, ultimately, this is not like there's a lot of holes with this dystopia, but like you don't. I say. think the movie. <laughs> It's almost like the movie Holes, <laughs> but I think the like I think the filmmaker would probably say like, "Hey, it's not hey, it's uh, it's you know it's not literal. Don't get hung up on the details." But it does feel really slapped together, and like you never give a shit what happens. Yeah, to the but characters. I mean, like if it's if it's sort of this uh, outraged cry, say about like the class system, then it has to show some basic understanding of how the class system actually works. I guess so. Rather than what this movie sets up which is a completely unworkable system yeah and they and then expect us to worry about the people involved yeah is justin timberlake gonna have enough time to get out of this one like yeah he is because there's no movie if he doesn't and for there to be a satisfying like revenge story for justin timberlake you have to put more than maybe 15 minutes worth of setup into his character like he wakes up. He goes to a factory. Oh no! He gets a bunch of money. Um, gets a bunch of time. Oh no! His girlfriend dies. Time to go on a revenge spree. Yeah, yeah. but then the thing is, like the main uh, motivator for his revenge, his girlfriend dying, is sort of hustled under the rug so he can have a romance. Well, he kind of forgets know? about it. Well, I but mean, then once we l- again, hamburger steak, guys. But then we <laughs> talked about that. We learned that mm, you, hamburger what's steak. What's great is good. that you've managed to figure out a way to compare these two women in a way that denigrates neither of them (laughs) and that in no way is offensive to all human beings (laughs) you you managed to come up with this analogy comparing two beautiful women to ground up hamburger meat (laughs) or beef or non-ground up or non-ground up beef that really i think it's just so uh not misogynistic (laughs) at all it shows a sensitivity 
a real uh, egalitarianism. The thing is, Elliot, time's money. <laughs> I don't think that doesn't apply. I don't, I don't understand. Are you losing I money? I deflected your <laughs> critique. Pew! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the last thing I'll say about this is it was lazily thrown together. Like, same thing we were saying. Like, we don't know who Justin Timberlake is. It, later on in the movie, Killian Murphy starts saying, you didn't know your dad, but he tried to do the same thing, and we never that never comes to fruition in any way. Because values are genetic. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly, just like time. And it's just a lame, it's a boring movie. Yeah, we're already kind of there, but I guess we should give our final judgments. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? Stuart, what do you have to say? What say ye? Uh, no, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a bad, bad movie. This is a bad, bad movie. <laughs> like, as if that was a surprise. Yeah. As if we convinced you. I agree with you guys. No, it's uh, it's it's not much. It, maybe if it was a little more action-y. Uh, it's just, for a movie that's all about time, it seems to not make very good use of it. It moves very slowly. That's what, the worst thing about it is not that the society it sets up doesn't work, but that it's just super slow and dull. And, well, and you talked takes, about it. And as as you you just did the parody of the the director saying, oh, you can't take it too seriously. But one of the problems with the movie is it does take itself a little too seriously. Yeah, very seriously. Except it uses the word time a lot. Yeah, okay. Within the first three minutes of the movie, I think you hear the word time more times than I've heard it my entire life. Well, and that uh, segues directly into what I was going to say, which is for the first you know, 15, 20 minutes, I thought, oh, maybe this this could be like a good, bad movie because it's so silly with all of the time stuff being set up. But all that gets thrown at you quickly at the beginning of the movie, and then the rest of the movie is 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 sort of a slog. Like, it does not... A cold slog. ...ever have that level of... With extra mayonnaise. ...sustained goofiness yeah. again. As you said, Elliot, uh, at one point, like, I don't like movies where the heroes spend a lot of their time hiding out and that's uh, that's a lot of the middle section of this movie. It's yeah, the heroes aren't doing a lot. They're just kind of like waiting around in hotel rooms, repeating to each other what the movie is about. Yeah, if they're not hiding from a Terminator, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yes, but the I mean, to be on the run is okay, but to be just sta- sitting in a hotel room for a long time, going like, "Are we stealing?" If you steal something that's already stolen, is that stealing or is that blah, blah, blah? Here's how you win time arm wrestling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Time wrestling. Uh, So I'm going to give it a bad, bad movie also because of the storytelling. It's just a – you'd think a movie like this where they're constantly running out of time, they'd be running and it would be super fast. Like you'd want it to be like Crank, but instead it's not like Crank. It's just kind of very dull. And that is the worst crime a film can commit to be dull. Mm-hmm. A time crime. So a time to kill. Time. That's uh. I got. I've got some. Time X takes a timing and keeps on timing. Uh, God. I have a few letters to read. Uh, Yay, this one. Letters. Oh yeah, this Dan. Is you sound, favorite part. This is my favorite part. Dan, you sound so depressed because we're reading letters. No, I j- I forgot to print them out because well, are they all talking about how their favorite movie is Time? Uh, wait, no. In, in time. Because no, then crimes. we'd be in trouble. Uh, I forgot to print them out. Also, oh, the movie should have been called Just in Time, like so, I said. I, uh, I'm reading them just off of time, my yeah, iPad. I can see how that would make the experience <laughs> and, uh, so much worse. Well, I just I haven't vetted things in the same way. And this is also, this will be a nice... It's rough on the eyes. Be, this will be a nice <laughs> ad for the Flophouse Wiki where they talk about Dan's iPad. Oh, yeah. Wait, do they have a thing for Dan's iPad? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Flop House Wiki. Primarily for porn and sur- surfing for Las Vegas uh, strip clubs. Taking pictures of his own true, penis. my friend. Uh, so this is... Uh... By the way, I just want to say the people at the Flop House Wiki are doing great work. Keep mm-hmm. it up, fellas. We really appreciate it. Uh, this letter is from Andrew, last name withheld, and it's it's called "Some Praise for Elliot," and then I call him out for being a wrong idiot. Oh, you get that a lot. I do get called out for being a wrong idiot a lot, so, so. Uh, suck it, I guess. <laughs> Hello, Dan, Elliot, and Stuart. It's not a massive part of your podcast, and to be honest, it's part podcast. <laughs> That's our cattle prod talk podcast. And to be honest, it's the part that sort of signals the fun is over, and a slavish adherence to the format means there's going to be about five minutes of gag-free earnest bullshit. Is this the recommendations? But I thought I'd like I'd lo- I thought I'd write to say that the recommendations, specifically Elliot's recommendations, are almost uniformly excellent. Thank you. This praise would never be followed by someone calling me a big wrong idiot uh thanks to the flop house i've seen the friends of eddie Coyle and dug up los angeles stars as itself it's on youtube with only part 11 of 12 removed for copyright reasons hmm, so i'm right. torn while recommendations is the wiping your dick on a hand towel to the movies movie <laughs> reviews actual full body coitus <laughs> If wow. it wasn't there, I never would have heard of Castle Freak. I th- so you found somehow a worse analogy than Stuart's hamburger steak one. <laughs> Where, ironically, uh, a man cleans his dick by r- ripping it off. <laughs> Wait, that's how he was cleaning his dick? Yeah. <laughs> also, Sometimes you're just overzealous with your cleanliness. <laughs> you think it was like a paper towel? Who knows? I'm not a fucking freak. <laughs> that's true. You don't live in a castle. <laughs> Also in the Red Riding episode, self-proclaimed pedant Elliot talked about Red Riding as being set in North England. In England, we'd say Northern England or the North of England. North England makes no sense. This has been bothering me for about two months now. Call yourself a pedant, you idiot. Keep up the good work. You're not a Northie. I should have just said Yorkshire. Well, uh, thanks for calling me out on that one. As you can tell, I don't know what I'm talking about when I'm using English geographical terms. Um, obviously, I also have a harder time reading when I'm not reading on paper. As you yeah, because it's hard on the eyes. I can see, yeah. Um, it's like you, you're just spitting on Steve Jobs' grave right now. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like <laughs> but that. But thanks for your letter, and thanks for the praise. I think it's a movie it's called Los Angeles Plays Itself. Yeah, so there you go. So take that, <laughs> Pedant won. <laughs> that guy Boom. also won. I guess we, uh, yeah, Stuart and I just high-fived, but it was a, kind of a tap. Yeah, it was a gentle, it was a pretty high five. lame high five. Guys. Well, now we're caressing it's each not other's my hands. My fault. Okay. okay, now our hands are moving farther down. Okay. Oh, that's oh cool. now we're arm wrestling for time. Stuart's looking at my time clock. Oh, Stuart. He got dead. distracted. Oh, now Stuart's dead. dead now. Uh, this is a ghost. And I have his time. Uh, this one is from Matthew, last name withheld, and it's titled "Dan is the best flopper." I'm gonna reply to this right now with an email <sighs> titled "No, he isn't." Sure. Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Dearest... This is written by Man Decoy. A Man Decoy. Dearest House of Flop, I started listening after Dan's guest spot on Read It and Weep and quickly became hooked. I've run through the whole back catalog several times back and catalog. have even begun contributing to the wiki, so I think I could awesome. be safely be called a Flophouse mega fan. And I'm writing in to address a persistent oh, oh, issue well, through most of the episodes. Science said it couldn't be done, the mega fan. <laughs> Dan is always undervalued by Stuart and Elliot. Oh, God. While I appreciate all of Elliot's words that sound like other words and Stuart's fondness for talking about boobs, not to mention the house cat, I think if I were one of the floppers, I would be Dan. Really? Oh. 
I would be Dan because I can relate to him better. He's like the big brother of the podcast. Wow. To deal with... <laughs> yeah, house cat. <laughs> Who are we talking about? To deal with two oh, rambunctious siblings. <laughs> Woo! Uh, so don't worry, Dan. You've got fans too, or one fan at least. But I didn't write just to play, praise Dan. We'll say two. His wife's probably a fan. Nope, she said. I'm her favorite. <laughs> I have some questions for all three of you. What were your two favorite movies of last year? What was your least favorite movie? And if you were shut up in a windowless room with a TV, a DVD player, and one DVD of your choice, what movie from any year would you choose? Stuart, you should assume that Castle Freak, Invisible Maniac, and Head of the Family are already there, and you get to pick a fourth movie. That's not fair. Stuart gets Stupid. four movies. <laughs> Well, so we, that's a I lot feel, of questions. I feel like in our in our flop tacular flopcast awards flopper, we we yeah, kind of covered our favorite covered the... movies and least and maybe least. I think our least favorite for me and Stuart was what Skyline. Skyline wasn't my least favorite oh, no. flop movie. Your my Highness not, was your least. Your favorite. Highness was really bad. Yeah. Um, but I, what about this desert island movie idea? That was one of the oh options, oh of right? staying on a desert the yeah. movie you get to choose not not I'm not, I'm not pitching like a movie idea for <laughs> fucking a desert. you're pitching a remake of the Blue Lagoon thought, yeah, it's a remake no, it's of that uh, Looney Tunes Castaway. thing where he gets stuck on the thing what <laughs> the Looney Tunes Fantastic Island thing oh right well, I mean you I don't mean think fantasy he's, island yeah he's not stuck on an island he <laughs> I has, thought he's stuck on an island no it's it's a it's a it's a fantasy island uh, parody. parody with Daffy Duck as Ricardo Montalban yeah and uh, Speedy as uh, Jorge Velazquez yeah. Yeah, but it can't be like that. No. Okay. <laughs> I think maybe it's, it might have started off with Daffy getting stuck on the island and then realizing that there was a magic well there. Oh yeah, maybe. But uh, I don't think that I don't think the main thrust of it was that he was stuck on an what, island. What I'm I mean, he's is... not spending the whole time bitching about how he can't get off the island. <laughs> I'm guessing they had so a Stewart's <laughs> movie that he would have on an island. <laughs> his Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes, Fantastic Island. <laughs> <laughs> not the choice I expected you to make. I thought you were going to say like some kind of Brazzers compilation. <laughs> uh, or something with boobs yeah, what in are, it. Yeah, what are you going to pick, Stu? Uh, I'll probably say The Granny. Okay. Uh, Interesting. The Granny. It's a, uh, it's a movie featuring uh, an old granny who becomes a demon and then kills all of her ungrateful ki- children. Mm. Uh, there's some boobs and a uh, dead granny at the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> So you like a movie that has boobs and dead old people. <laughs> we found what Stuart likes. If you make a movie that has boobs, dead old people, a guy getting not his Titanic. Tape, Titanic guy, doesn't count. You don't get to see those people dead. A guy, a guy <laughs> ripping, that they die. A guy ripping his own penis off, and someone being killed with a submarine sandwich. It would be Stuart's perfect movie. Box office hit. No, no, not no. <laughs> very. The definition of a niche film. <laughs> Um, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I might go with um, North by Northwest, which is not my favorite Hitchcock movie, but probably the most entertaining Hitchcock movie. And Alfred Hitchcock is maybe the most entertaining director. So that's it's, right. that's not, there's a case to be made for that. So it's up there just in terms of uh, just sheer joy. I don't know if, if I would go with that as my favorite movie, but it's uh, it's a movie that's easy to watch. Uh, and uh, is is still easy to watch once you've seen it a couple times. I would go with uh, the original Taking of Pelham 123, which is one of my two favorite movies, and it is a movie that you can watch over and over again. Every time I watch it, I kind of want to rewind it and watch it again right away, uh, and I would go less insane if I had that on my desert island as the only movie. That's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. 
Yeah, I just rewatched it actually uh, a couple weekends ago, and man, is that a good movie. It's really good. And talk about entertaining. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. You don't know entertaining until you've seen the original, Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. But probably, no dead grannies, though, right? Uh, there are no dead grannies, and like an, a big fat guy who's kind of old gets killed. Okay. But, uh, I'm, I'm up for that. Uh, Doris Roberts is in it when she was middle-aged as opposed to very old as she is now, so you can imagine she's a granny. Okay. She doesn't die, but... No, I mean... Spoiler alert. Really, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so this one is uh, from Clay, Last Name Withheld. It's titled... A Golem. <laughs> Wait, what's the title of that one again? It's close. It's close <laughs> to intellectual property theft. Hello, floppers. You patented that? Yeah. You copyrighted it? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Daleville, Indiana, which is about an hour south of Fort Wayne. Oh, nice. As I was listening to the latest episode, I was happy to hear that Stuart had recently been home to Fort Wayne, but as I thought about it, you a didn't... chill went down my spine. I remembered that a while ago, as I stood outside at night smoking a cigarette, I heard a chilling screech. It could only be described a as a giant... <laughs> That's better. The squeal haunted me every night until I heard the episode. I now realize it must have been none other than the Flophouse house cat, who I assume must have been with Stuart as he drove north on Interstate 69 from Indianapolis toward Fort Wayne. Now I feel so honored to have been only a quarter of a mile from the Flophouse house cat. Thank you guys for the laughs and great times. <laughs> Not me, though, obviously. I can't <laughs> wait to hear from the house cat soon. Yeah, I'll send you a send you a letter. <laughs> the house letter. cat is a very prolific letter writer. Uh, yeah, so you and the house cat went together to to visit your family. Yeah, my wife wasn't super cool with it because she had to sit in the back. I assume the house cat feet out the window, just yeah. tossing beer cans out. Yeah, listening to Van Halen the oh, whole way, <laughs> raising hell, making trouble, and listening to VH. Okay, it's the so house cat. Our final letter tonight. Uh, or whatever time of day you're listening to this. Yeah. Time. Is uh, in time. from Elliot's brother. <laughs> what? David, last name withheld. <laughs> Thanks for withholding the last name of my brother. And, the uh, brother of Elliot Kalen. Is he going to complain about some sports trivia we got wrong? <laughs> that sounds he like says, my brother. <laughs> Let's clarify this Rooney Mara Giants connection. <laughs> Sit. Stuart, you are now no Stuart Thomas, the fortune-telling guy. Robot. Robot? He's a robot in this scenario. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since this episode was first posted a month ago... I predict the fall of humanity. <laughs> I'm sure I'm or well... just what Elliot's brother will talk about. Since this episode was first posted a month ago, I'm sure I'm well behind on the whole thing, but I was listening to your Dreamhouse podcast today while sitting in my friend's apartment in Dallas, name dropper. <laughs> And I feel the need to explain. Dallas is not the person. Not Bryce Dallas Howard. I feel I need to explain why Rooney Mara is related to the Giants and Steelers. Not Dallas, the character from Aliens. Rooney Mara is Giants part owner, John Mara's niece, not his daughter. Rooney's father, (laughs) Timothy Mara, not to be confused with Giants founder, Tim Mara. Rooney's great grandfather, who started the team in 1925, is the Giants vice president of player evaluation. Thanks, Dickopedia. Interestingly, Timothy Mara's wife, that is... That's interesting. No, that was the wrong word to use to start that sentence, Dave. Interestingly, Timothy Mara's wife, that is Rooney's mother, is actually the granddaughter of Pittsburgh Steelers founder Art Rooney Sr., (laughs) making Rooney Mara the great-granddaughter of both the founder of the Giants and the Steelers. The Steelers' current chairman, Dan Rooney, is her great-uncle. Dan Rooney is also an ambassador to Ireland. What about Andy Rooney? How is he related to these people? But as a result of these connections, if I'm not mistaken, Rooney Mara and her sister Kate both regularly have clauses written into their contracts stating that if the Giants or Steelers make the Super Bowl, 
They do not have to work that day so they can attend the game. Also, another fun bit of Giants movie trivia. Again, fun, not the right answer. Another Co-owner word. Steve Tisch, a producer for Forrest Gump, is the only man to ever win both a Super Bowl and an Oscar for Best Picture. He didn't deserve either. I hope that fully answers a question none of you <laughs> were asking. Super Bowl, I would imagine. If you actually read this in your next episode, I'm sure Elliot will follow up this explanation with some droll mockery of my personality <laughs> or our relationship. If that happens, you're welcome. No, I am proud to call you my brother. And proud of the vast stores of crap that you have in your brain. Look, it's just different kinds of crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, I'll give you that. You, you just have uh, you cover different areas. No, you I w- would be killer. The two of you on a uh, say a pub trivia team. Yeah, we should team up sometime. I mean, technically, the state of New York has barred us from doing that mm. for the reason that we would destroy all comers. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, I'm glad and, my and all these hearts would be broken when they'd find out that you're you're already taken. I well, and and that my brother. He's single. Yeah, but you guys can't do like a tag team on any girl. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah, <they're all> weird. <laughs> that's why their hearts wow. would be broken. Not an image I ever want to think of. But I'm, I am glad, speaking of that, that my brother put a lot of energy into that rather than in uh, dating. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you did serve up a There's burn. the droll mockery. <laughs> there, there Hot and all spicy. No, just kidding. Thanks, Dave. JK. Thanks for correcting us on that. I've already forgotten what you told us. <laughs> I think he, what he was saying was that Art Carney is the founder of the Steelers. <laughs> That's weird. When you find the time, <laughs> so uh, let's do some really quick recommendations of movies we've seen recently that we might uh, <gasps> might might you know give like. the Flophouse seal of approval. For Usually, listeners. the way you say it is movies we actually liked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two. <clears throat> Two real quick ones. First is uh, I think you should go see John Carter because it's actually pretty good and it deserves to make some money. Jimmy Carter? Uh, John Carter. John Carter of Mars. Uh, oh, John it's, Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Because <laughs> it's not a fucking Transformers sequel. Like, yeah. you should go see it. Please make give it some money. Um, the other one is a recommendation for Martha Marcy May Marlene. Uh, oh, I want to see that. I it's a psychological it. thriller. Uh, and like it's, in time. It's exactly like in time. <laughs> uh, there, I actually... was. Um, yeah, no, it's great. John Hawks is good in it, and it's the type of thriller that you don't quite know what's real or what's a dream or what's uh, what's going on when, and time is kind of crazy. It's it's great. Um, and it manages to make normal stuff seem very scary, which I'm always impressed by. Uh, I'm going to reckon... I, I was on a... On my flight to and from Las Vegas, I saw three movies. I'm going to recommend all of them to varying degrees, uh, starting at the low end. Uh, I watched Tower Heist, which I would say probably is a good movie to watch on an airplane. I'm not sure in another situation how much I would have liked it, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's a it's a surprising attempt to do like a late '60s, early '70s like New York light thriller, caper thriller. It's less of a comedy than it was sold as. It's got kind of an interesting cross section of actors in it. Uh, Alan Alda and Matthew Broderick, I think, are particularly kind of fun in it. Um, Real Steel, I watched, which is much better than any movie uh, about fighting robots should be. That's a movie why, that... Robot why, jocks. Yeah. Why would you imply <laughs> that a movie about fighting robots would be bad? Well, I, I mean, would assume this movie is going to be great. This movie starts off, guys, with a robot fighting a bull at a small town uh, country fair. Wait, so the robot is working his way up through the system? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an old junkie robot that's fighting a bull. <laughs> Uh, which so is the robot if drunk? that sounds like, awesome then this is the movie for you like Hugh Jackman uh, is possibly one of the world's most charming men he commits to this with total seriousness uh, 
I mean, seriousness in the sense that he really commits to it, but he's got, you know, he's got a wink in, in the performance. But it's fun. It's a much better movie than I expected. And, uh, and finally, I finally watched uh, <laughs> The Coveted Three. I watched Crazy Stupid Love, which I really enjoyed. Um, it, uh, I think that it got probably less attention than it could have gotten based on, number one, the ads that made it look like Love Actually 2. And number two, the terrible title, Crazy Stupid Love. It is a terrible title. But uh, it's it's, it's those, got some really those abs, stuff guys. Am I right? Well, the thing Ron is, like Gosling, Gosling, Ryan oh, yeah. Gosling. I was not uh, I was not on board with Ryan Gosling until this year. And then I saw Drive and this movie, and I'm like, now I get you it. You didn't see Half Nelson. It was okay in that, but yeah, I was, he was like, good in that. I, I don't know. This year, I'm saying I like him better. What's the big deal? He's on crack. Who cares? <laughs> you didn't see Make Way for Gosling in this movie. <laughs> in this movie, uh, like I never thought that Ryan Gosling had a sense of humor before I saw this movie, but he's basically doing like self-parody in this film like he's really like i don't think he knew it was a comedy (laughs) well whatever he's very funny in it like playing the womanizer who is super charming super like uh knows how like masculine knows how to get women but like there's a wink in his performance that's really like he's just really funny in it Hmm. so I, i like that movie I'm going to recommend an old movie. What a what? surprise, huh? This is a movie I saw the other day that I enjoyed a lot called The Exile. Uh, it's the first movie that uh, the director Max Ophels made in the United States. You may know him from such films as La Ronde and The Earrings of Madame Du. But this is a movie he made with Douglas Fairbanks Jr. about Charles II being in exile in France after Cromwell took control of England and before Charles II returned for the Restoration. And it's actually... Kind of a, it's this really fun kind of rollicking adventure where Douglas Fairbanks Jr. is kind of doing a an homage to his father Douglas Fairbanks, playing this very like lighthearted, charming, smiling adventurer. And there's the story about how he's the king of England and he's on the run from Cromwell's soldiers in in uh, Amsterdam or in uh, the Netherlands, I think, but uh, or Holland or whatever. But uh, it's just like a fun adventure romance uh, and a lot. For a movie that I kind of watched on a lark, it was a very enjoyable surprise. And uh, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. is really charming in it, and it's just a lot of silly. It's the kind of movie that I wish Hollywood made more of, in which the first of the Antonio Banderas and Banderas Zorro movies, mm-hmm. it made it seem like there was going to be a return of. Yeah. Just kind of like old-fashioned, charming adventure. So I'd recommend that one, The Exile. Well, guys. Gotcha. It looks like we're running out of... Time. Do I have time for one plug? Yeah, please. Uh, This coming April 5th, the first Thursday in April at 7.30 p.m. will be the last of my movie screenings at 92i Tribeca. I already have my tickets. Do you have yours? No, I got it. I I was asking the the listeners, not... Oh, anyway, so uh, uh, it's the last of my closely watched film screenings, a screening I've been doing, series I've been doing for a little bit less than three years now, I guess. Uh, it's been a fun series, but time to draw it to a close. We're going to be showing a movie called The Good Fairy, starring uh, Margaret Sullivan and Herbert Marshall and Frank Nelson, who you may not, uh, not Frank Nelson, I'm sorry, Frank Morgan, who you may know as the wizard from Wizard of Oz. And it is one of Preston Sturges's early scripts before he started directing his own movies. We're going to be watching it with special guest John Oliver. I'm not familiar with his work. Of The Daily Show with John Stewart. Oh, maybe you've seen him in The Love Guru. Oh, yes. As Dick Pants. Yes, I do recall that. So uh, John Oliver will be the guest. As always, as we do in this series, he has not seen the movie before. And afterwards, I will ask him about what he thought of it. 
And we're also going to be showing, because it's the last one, so they can't tell me I can't show it anymore, uh, my seven-and-a-half-minute cut that I made myself of Capricorn One, starring Elliot Gould and O.J. Simpson, among others, the astronaut conspiracy thriller, which I've cut down to really just the Elliot Gould scenes. Uh, Sounds great. It's actually a lot of fun. And uh, we'll be showing that, and it's the last one. So April 5th, the first Thursday in April, 7.30 p.m., 92 at Tribeca. 200 Hudson Street, Manhattan. Oh, and I suppose very quickly before we go, we should tease that we're going to have another Flophouse Live show. This is an early tease. It's not till June, but we're going to have... That's right. So we're going to give you Flophouse Blue Balls. Keep listening to this space. You were there. You missed Twin Sitters, and you rued the day. You missed 12 rounds, and you almost killed yourself. But now you've got another chance. Mm -hmm. Take the noose off your neck. Because there's going to be another Flophouse, bad, I Love Bad Movies, Bad Movie Screening in June. What movie is it? Um, we're not going to say just no, yet. No, I'm not going to tell anybody. Suffice to say, it's awesome. Uh, and you'll love it. Okay. You can start speculating if you want. If you want to write in. be with, disappointed. <laughs> if you want to write in with your guesses, feel, feel free. Find but you'll be wrong. But you'll be wrong. Just this don't a, write in any more sports trivia. <laughs> You hear that, David, my brother? <laughs> All right, guys. Well. Uh, Should we say what the date is for that one? I can't remember. It's in June. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be the 8th. Yeah, it's the 8th. Okay, All June right. 8th. It's a Friday. But before that, April 5th, which is the Thursday, come see my movie. All right. Well. Uh, all that's left to do is to sign off. So for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm still Stuart. And I'm... (laughs) (laughs) I'm Elliot Kalen. I loved the way you said that I'm still Stuart. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Is that good? Just fine. Fine? Could we be doing better? You're doing just fine. <laughs> Any way to improve? On a scale from a one to zazz. ten, with five being fine, <laughs> where are we? You're right at fine. Okay, that's five. We that's have five more fun. steps of improvement to go. <laughs> no. If you give us, th- in three words, how we could best improve to get to six or higher. I would say... Three words. That's already... I would say that's your three words. So, not very helpful, Dan. <laughs> in three <laughs> words. Two. two.